used video game stores because <laughs> there's like 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 PlayStation games like greatest hits like with the green label mm-hmm. if you can get it without the green label that's like like the first edition pressing or whatever and oh. it's like more valuable cuz it's not yeah. like a reissue after the game sells well i weird <laughs> so i have i have a i mean i don't know if it's a first edition thing or what but i have a pretty an early release of smash bro of melee um, oh. cause it was like one of the first GameCube games we got. And, uh, but that being, yeah, that might've been like my first, cause I know we had, we had a James Bond game. Um, we yeah. got that like when we got it, but that might've Smash Bros might've been like my first game that was for like, you know, I got probably got it for Christmas or my birthday or something like that. And yeah. I didn't like only having like the paper, you know, like the N64 thing, not having like box cart, you know, like cases yeah, for yeah. games up to that point for, for me. Um, I thought the, like, there's like the paper wrap around for the cover and then that's surrounded by like plastic and then that's wrapped yeah. in plastic for like the sealed at the store. So I took the outer layer out and then I also thought that the plastic on the case was oh, no. like wrapping. And I was like, this is really hard. To... But yeah, so I still have the case, but it's like just the paper. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I would say roughly, I don't know, we probably had like 20, 30 around there, like N64 games, maybe. That's, that's oh, an estimate. Really? And I would say two-thirds of those at least were like secondhand like we got an n64 in i want to say like 97 98 so after it had been out for a few years and we just i don't know if it came with it like because thinking of like this happening now like finding a you know a switch like this with this but um because i'm sure it was like uh i don't know i i wonder if my mom or dad or maybe travis remembers but, like, we just got, like, 20 games with it. Like, we got... Oh, damn. Uh, like, like, Ocarina of Time, Quest 64, NASCAR, a few NASCARs. Right. That, that's how we got, like, a bunch of, like, random N64 games. Sports but, games. Yeah, a few sports games, like Madden. Um, I'm trying to think if we, like... Oh, GoldenEye. Like, we got that for right, that. And, right. You know, um... And then, like, some we got from, like, our Super Mario 64, I know we borrowed from some kids at church and just never gave it back. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I got my Sonic and Knuckles cartridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember Cameron Womack? He was in my grade. Y- yeah, like, kind of, you know. I, I definitely yeah. borrowed Sonic and Knuckles from him in, like, fourth grade. Nice. Never got it back. <laughs> that's why, that I think that's why I... Like, I mean, I would like it back, but, like, I think of, uh, I mean, the one that comes to mind for me is John Dies at the End. I'm like, that's my karmic, like, justice for all the games and shit that I kept of other people's. Because I know Super Mario 64 isn't the only one. I know there's other yeah. <laughs> other things out there. <laughs> Welcome back to episode, to There Will Be Duds. This is episode 80. Uh, I am your co-host, 
TJ, a.k.a. J. Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always. As always, I'm Nick, a.k.a. Dr. Vonka on Twitch. And as always, and as we a- got beef again. We got, <laughs> we got beef again. Cool. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as always, we watched a movie. Um, this, uh, this movie, the movie this week being The Act of Killing from... Anywhere from 2012 to 2014, <laughs> directed by Joshua Oppenheimer. And it is a documentary uh, that follows a handful, but primarily an executioner uh, who took part in the Indonesian mass killings back in the 60s, uh, named Anwar Congo. Um, he and others in the movie are initially approached to just kind of discuss their part in the mass killings and then i guess the the director or somewhere in the process they the the filmmakers decided to allow them to recreate some of their some of their uh killings in movie format um so they are kind of given free reign to sort of make their own movie so there's kind of a movie within a movie I I determined about halfway through this that this is this is Indonesian uh, war crime American movie <laughs> and Anwar is Mark Borchardt and uh, Herman is Mike Shank. <laughs> you know, you, hey hey hey, minus minus all of the terrible crimes and the gangster shit, Herman kind of rocks. I I, don't, I was like all the Herman's stuff that kind of fun. It it was like I don't know like the third time he's like sitting around why like, is sweating his ass off like dressed as a woman why? And I'm like That's, he's he's Mike Shank he's just he's just a homie <laughs> why do they keep making him dress up you know what I bet he, you know I bet he insists on it actually I wonder because it's so consistent and like all of his outfits are like extravagant and and different for each thing. It's yeah. like no, this isn't this isn't anyone's vision, but his. He wants to dress as women for some reason. Yeah, which like more power to you. I you know I'm not trying to be like oh dude dudes can't dress like girls, but like it's yeah, it's never addressed. He just mm-hmm. dresses like women, and that's that's what that's his thing. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm coming in way too hot. We gotta <laughs> let's. <laughs> well, I was you know the. Uh, yeah, they they make their movies and uh, or they make some movie scenes and uh, but yeah, it's so it's it's about some some major figures in this uh, terrible terrible mass uh, killing fields from the from the sixties in in Indonesia, killing commies, yeah. killing killing commies. communists, soulless communists. I think I took more notes on this than I did for Ben and Arthur, which I think was like. The most notes I've taken for it. It's usually the duds mm. that I take a lot of notes. Like, the really good duds. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Although, actually, you know what? You say this is, like, the Indonesian-American movie. I think this is the anti-Emperor's Naked Army marches on. Yeah, I, I was going to... I wanted to get around to that movie eventually. Because, yeah, there there is kind of some parallels, juxtapositions uh-huh. with, with that movie. Some of these guys needed to get Kenzo'd. Yeah. Some of these guys needed to have Kenzo come and wrap his legs around them and drag them to the ground. 
Well, um, I guess I guess since you brought it up, I'll I'll bring up the uh, the companion movie slash sequel to this. Yeah, um, I was reading about that. That that I was gonna bring up later, but um, it's called The Look of Silence, and um, I guess from how you're talking about this movie, maybe you would. I mean, I if if you enjoyed this movie or if you got something out of it, I don't know. I would recommend it. Um, I think this it didn't stick with me as much as this movie did but it is kind of a it's a companion piece in that it is kind of the the other side of the coin because it follows uh somebody who's i want to say his parents were murdered i think it was his during uncle the execu- no it might have been his parents but i think his uncle was part of it i read the synopsis i, I did read like some of the synopsis of okay. that and it's like so he goes and he confronts so it's like he's kenzo minus the uh, you know, yeah, the eccentricities and the violence. It's yeah. it's a more civil take yeah, uh, than yeah, the Emperor's yeah. Naked Army, but um, it's kind of more in line with that, where it's it's a victim of this who like goes around and questions people who took part in it, and it's good. It's it's it just uh, it's yeah. Like I said, I kind of want to rewatch it after rewatching this one, but I just remember it not quite like hitting me as much as this one. But this still one? a good good documentary this one just has such a wild cast of characters if you will like um why can't i remember anyone's names it's it's also like if it's it's also it's like it's american movie it's indonesian american movie mixed with tiger king if everybody was a murderer (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean congo is such a like just I, I i i at a certain point i just couldn't get whiplash anymore but some <laughs> of the stuff that these dudes were just willingly and freely admitting to Insane, like they were yeah. proud of it like i feel like uh, how do i put this delicately like i feel like you know donald trump got elected and we're like guys we gotta stop fascism <laughs> and it's like you watch this movie and it's like no this is what like active fascism looks like like the, the this is what like a a right-wing coup in the 60s that's still active looks like yeah and it's like this is the shit that they got away with and are, they don't care about it they're just yeah. so boastful about it it's like, crazy like you like going to the movie theater and being like, yeah, and we'd go see movies here, and then we'd come out with some girls, we'd be so happy, and I'd be dancing like this, and he like dances, and then he's like, and then they walk across the street, and then he'd be like, and then we'd see some people over here, and I would shoot them in the head, and they would die. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. After like, going to the movies, like we're like, yeah, we saw we saw those movies with Elvis. Oh, we loved those movies. And then yeah, just like yeah, and then so anyway, I started blasting like just it's yeah. the, the you know <laughs> yeah. it's always sunny thing. Yeah. Um yeah, that was like one of my notes was like it's just so funny the the lengths that our government goes to try to present all of like the sort of seedy things that it does. Mm-hmm. Like they you know the CIA didn't kill JFK. It was Lee Harvey Oswald. He was a you know, <laughs> they come up with these narratives. They come up with all of these different like excuses for all of these grand conspiracy theories, but these guys are just, oh my God. I mean, 
I feel bad laughing at this movie, but like Oppenheimer kind of, there's a few moments in the movie where he like talks to the subjects and mm-hmm. he'll be like, so what, what, what illegal activities do you guys get into? And it's like, they pause. And he's like, Oh, gambling, good amount yeah. of gambling. And then he's just like, uh, trafficking too. like, they don't no hesitation whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is like, uh, I guess Emperor's Naked Army in in that way too, where it's like every like I I want to say I I watched so I saw this seen this movie once more. I think I I enjoyed it a lot more this time. I uh, uh, the first time maybe I was trying to kind of like grasp it as a whole, and like now that I I kind of knew where it was going and everything, I like kind of took each scene as it like on its own. Yeah, and kind of every single scene in this movie was like, I thought like I was really invested in it. And like, there's so many beats where you're just like watching and you're like, fuck dude. Like, but it, it uh, like Emperor's Naked Army where it's like, it's a super serious, like dark subject matter. And yet, like you said, like you're kind of laughing at a lot of it too. Like at a certain some point, of it, it's all you some can of it do. is, it's all you can yeah. do. Yeah, some of it's like like laughing because it's funny, and then but also like laughing because it's so horrifying too. The 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 one scene where the one guy was telling them the story about his stepdad who got taken in the night and they found his body under an oil drum, and he's like, yeah, he's kind of like laughing, yeah, like yeah. he's just telling a funny anecdote, yeah, and then he's like, I don't mean this as a criticism of you guys. I just thought, I think it would help your movie. Yeah, like this and real that, thing that they did to his stepdad. He's like, "Yeah, this will this will go well, you know, in your movie." And then their response is like their way of kind of like <laughs> deflecting, I guess, or something. Is like they're like, "Yeah, if we included everything, this movie would never end." Not like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, that's kind of fucked up," or like, "Oh, like trying to skirt around it." They're just like, you know, they're really just thinking of it in terms of like how it would affect the movie. They're, they're like, natural-born eh. Hollywood producers. They know exactly <laughs> yeah. how to like talk him down and you know kind of yeah. give him a, a, a half deal bargain to get his thing. You know, to kind of make him happy, but also not promise him anything. Yeah, there's huh. a there was a a scene. I guess an example of like like laughing because it's funny. There's a scene where. Um, he's like one of the guys who was like, I think he was a publisher, newspaper publisher who like <laughs> was like, you know, doing like propaganda for, for the, Oh yeah. The we'd lie about, Panca- we'd lie. Say, we wanted to make the commies look bad. We just lie. Yeah. Uh, but there's a part where it's where Anwar's like one of the old guys, Adi like shows up and then he's talking to this Anwar guy. and they're like, <laughs> Uh, Anwar's like, oh, do you remember Sadun? I think is the guy's name. And then he's like, oh yeah, I kind of remember him. He's kind of like funny looking guy, blah blah blah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, oh, I wonder whatever happened to him. And then and then Anwar's like, he's right over there. And then like the camera turns and the guy's like right behind him, just like listening. And that felt like something that would be an Arrested Development or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Dude, Adi wasn't in this movie as much, but. I feel like he was one of the most like bone chilling characters because like Anwar Anwar is kind of I think I called him a Colonel Sanders motherfucker earlier because <laughs> in like the beginning 
that he's like they're recruiting children to be in this reenactment of like a village burning, which we see later and it's horrifying. But yeah, because like kids <clears throat> are like actually traumatized by it. Yeah, like uh, crying so and they're recruiting these children, and I think Herman is like trying to teach one of the kids how to like scream and cry, like "Oh no, you're burning my house down." And it's mm-hmm. like he's really getting into it. And yeah. like he's wailing and wailing and crying. And it just like there's this one part where like the camera kind of moves and you see Anwar standing in the background and he's like wearing a he's wearing white <laughs> pants and like a white jacket <laughs> yeah. and his white hair and he's just like he's just like smirking <laughs> and like you yeah. piece of shit. You Colonel Sanders looking ass. Oh. And, and how like how upfront they also are about like just calling people fat and ugly to their faces like it's nothing. Yeah, they said like, that to one of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> like he, and like all the other he's like, like, oh. And I think he's even like, oh, and it'll be funny because he's ugly or something like that. Or, <laughs> oh. And then he tells that to Herman too. He's like, he's like, yeah, no one would even be interested in you because you're ugly. And then like immediately after that they are dressing on or Herman up as a woman again. And <laughs> There are some pretty comedic smash cuts that I th- I think are are definitely meant to be funny. Yeah. But Addy, I think, cause like, yeah. I think the original point I was getting at was that I think Anwar is kind of more of a silly figure. Like, you know, he, he'll talk about something horrifying and then he'll do like the cha-cha. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he shows him on the rooftop where, where they used to just kill people. And then there was too bloody. So they started using like wire around the neck because it was easier and then yeah. he just starts dancing up there. But Adi, I think Adi is scarier because I think he's much more restrained and like mm-hmm. calculating. Because it's seems, like, yeah, he's almost like not on board. He's he has he does like, seem a bit more apprehensive or like worried that it might not be because Anwar deep down, I think you know, I mean, you know, not to rush to the end of the movie. But at the beginning, Anwar doesn't seem very remorseful at all. Or if he does, mm-hmm. it's like very, very vaguely alluded to. He's like, yeah, I, I have yeah. nightmares every once in a while. But, he, you know, deep down, he probably knows that it's wrong. It's, it's like they're almost like polar oh, opposites. he does. I, he knows I that think, it's wrong, but he presents yeah. it in a way that's like, oh, no, I enjoyed the killing. It was great. I was good at it. But I mean, Adi, he, sa- he, says, he says fairly early on that like, yeah, I would just do drugs or drink to like yeah. stem the nightmares. So yeah, yeah. But but he does it in this like playful way, you know. Yeah. Like he's kind of yeah. j- joking and laughing about it. Mm-hmm. Adi, on the other hand, doesn't feel bad at all. Knows that it's wrong mm-hmm. and has zero remorse. But he is yeah. also aware of the fact S- that like the communists were not the cruel, threatening presence they, that all of their propaganda made them all out to are. be that's the thing there's that there's like there's a particular scene where they're like they shoot it and then they're like oh i'm kind of worried with how the scene is presented that it doesn't it are we it the makes, baddies yeah it's basically that and then like they're all kind of like well yeah they aren't that bad but we gotta like keep up that facade basically yeah yeah adi is like like i agree he and you know he says he's not but there's some lingering things and and you know it's a documentary so you can 
kind of read into any of their reactions yeah. or like the the like cutaways to their them just like watching in any way you want. But there's bits where I'm like, I I think there is. I think it maybe not remorse, but I think it affects him more than he lets on for sure. You um, can't do any of that shit without it affecting you. Like yeah. I don't care what you say if you. If you kill that many people in that manner of fashion, like there, there's no, I don't believe you. If you say that it doesn't yeah. affect you, it's no impossible. But then, uh, something, something I took note of is that like he's in the car and and Josh, the director, like asked mm-hmm. him, like you know, how do you justify that? And he immediately is like spitting facts i was like i shit dude i was like man's got he's a point like, <laughs> he's like what about bush and guantanamo bay and i was like oh f- shit and then he's like what about the americans exterminating the indians and i was like fuck <laughs> he's like who gets punished for that and i was like who who gets punished and i was like don't <laughs> saddam hussein had weapons right yeah i was like and it's like oh Oh. He's not, yeah, yeah, right? It's like, hey, you know, like, that doesn't mean what you did was okay, but, like, fuck, dude. Yeah, take me to Geneva. I'll go, bitch. Take me. It's like, oh, oh yeah, he's he's like, we'll do the Jakarta uh, convention, and we'll, we'll all be innocent. Who He's like, who gives a shit about the Geneva convention? It's like, I mean, you, oh. can't, you can't fault his logic in that regard, at least. It's like, in, yeah. In that scene, like, oh, he is on there, fire. There was another moment that sort of reminded me of uh, George W. Bush, and I don't know if you've seen this clip, but I think you should insert this for context in in the edit. But uh, there's a scene. I don't know who it is. I don't. I don't know if it was Adi. It was someone golfing, and they were just like okay. they were basically like talking about killing communists. And he's like, "Yeah, like yeah, we killed them. They sucked. Can I hit the ball now?" <laughs> And then he like he he drives. There's it, it makes me laugh my ass off every single time. And I don't know if you've seen this, but it's like a video of George W. Bush. I think pretty early on. It was like after nine eleven, but it was still early to the point where like people still kind of liked him. Mm-hmm. But there's like he's on the golf course with his dad, and a couple people like pull up. Just I don't know if they're like paparazzi who they are, but they they're like they're filming him, and they ask him a question about something. And I think he's talking about Israel and Palestine. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, Israel and Palestine, they need to come together to, to find a peaceful agreement. Like he's doing his president shit. It's like, we just, we just need to stop the terror. And then he pauses and he's like, now watch this drive. And then he walks up and just <laughs> hits it. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, it's, it's surreal shit. to watch him do his like post 9-11 George Bush shit. And then the way, the, the smoothness in his voice, it makes me think that he's aware that he's kind of funny when he's just like, now watch Damn. this drive. It's like, and does he, and does he, does he nail it? Oh yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's fucking awesome. That's <laughs> Yeah, gotta stop I got no, the terror. I, I, yeah, I have zero issues with that. That's it's fucking so awesome. goddamn funny. <laughs> in, in a vacuum, that's like that's fucking hard. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, men would literally rather commit genocide than go to therapy. <laughs> There's like the scene where they're. T- I think Adi, Adi's telling. 
Adi tells Anwar to go to therapy about it. And Anwar's just yeah. like, nah. <clears throat> yeah, they, and he's like, think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, it's not for it's not for crazy. They do nerve stuff too. It's like, I mean, <sighs> honestly, that's that's kind of more like supportive than like guys would be about that stuff over here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, other than the other than the <clears throat> terrible war crimes, Adi's kinda based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh another I guess ti- Tiger King uh comparison. I I I thought the the way that I was thinking of it was like it's hard like Tiger King, it's hard to pick like a worst person here. But I think I gave the Doc Antle award to the uh, the extortionist and child rapist. I don't even remember what his oh. name was. But he's that fucking scuzzy little piece of shit who just like you see him go around. And he's like, oh, I hate the Chinese. And then he like goes into a Chinese market and he's like, give me money. And he's like, I'm asking nicely. I'm asking nicely. Give me money. He's like, this isn't enough. Give me more money. And it's just like. He's just doing it because, like, they're in power and there's yep. nothing they can do about it. And then, like, later on, I think it's during the uh, the scene. Um, uh, where the, they're where doing, they're, like, the burning the village down or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and he's talking about, like... If there were yeah. women here, I would rape them. Just like... Yeah. And, he's like, and, and everyone's like, ah! that's f- <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, and if you get one that's 14 years old... What does he say? I don't even. He says something like, "It's going to be hell for you, but it's heaven on earth for me." Yeah, it's like holy shit, dude. Yeah, like he compared to the other guys, he has like some of the least screen time. But by none of them are really redeemable, but he's the most like irredeemable. Right? Yeah, you don't get any sort of. I feel like Adi and Anwar are the only ones that you really get some kind of Anwar especially I, I think that that maybe is why he's the central focus is because he has an arc throughout it you see you yeah. know they begin and end the movie with with the rooftop scene and like the 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 different the contrast between those um and <clears throat> th- that's kind of what I mean like knowing where it's going and being able to kind of track his 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 journey from that just like silly yeah. dancing talking about murder into like sounding like me on top of that roof just like gagging and coughing like <laughs> retching like those yeah. like horrible sounds getting like he can't even like finish the sentence they got tom pearl um, to come in there and do this adr <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, At that point, though, okay, I mean, we can maybe talk about this, like, in a little bit, but we did, so we both watched the director's cut. Yeah, two hours and 38 minutes of this. Yep. I, by the end of it, I was, like, so, like, I I don't know. I understand that, like, Anwar probably did legitimately feel, like, regret for what he did, and I I don't think he was, like, faking it. No, I don't either. I was just, like... (laughs) When when he's like, oh, I can't do the scene anymore with the wire. Oh, I, I, now I understand. Now I know what they felt like. And like, I don't know, the huge balls on Josh to just be like, yeah, but it's not the same because they knew that they were going to die and you were acting. Like the fact that he like corrects him a few times in the doc mm-hmm. to, to remind him that like, no, you don't have the same frame of reference because like, 
none of these unspeakable things were ever inflicted to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, man. Going to, like, a country where, like, the government can just do shit and you're, like, kind of telling him his business a little bit. I was like, oh, Mm. my God, that's scary. But by the end of it, when he's, like, crying and he's upset, after watching that scene, uh, like, they're, they're, like, Goodfellas-ass, like, interrogation scene, and he's, like, kind of crying. And I'm like, I'm so sick of seeing your gay-ass movie. I'm so tired of you guys. I hate you pieces of shit. Like, (laughs) I got so tired of these guys where I'm like, I don't feel bad for you at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. It's it was like, like fatigue. It's it's an interesting it's it's a really kind of fascinating feeling that I get watching this movie. It it's it's, it's pretty unique in that fact that like you know, he doesn't deserve forgiveness. He doesn't deserve like sympathy. Um, and I don't think that the movie is saying that at all. I don't think no, it's trying I know. to be like, "Hey, feel bad for this guy." No, I don't, still I don't like, think they are. It's like, it's almost like, like, it's, it's really relieving. It's, it's, it, uh, it's, that's not, it's, it's a relief yeah. to see, like, to see them, like, exp- somebody express grief, like, act like, kind of like a person when you're talking yeah. about this stuff. Like, yeah, that is how you should feel. You should feel terrible. You should be crying about this every day. You should have nightmares about this every night. And yeah, it's it's like not sympathy for him in particular, but it's like you still kind of I don't know. I don't I I really don't know how to describe it because it really is like it's it's like you feel like you deserve it, but also like it's also just like not a good feeling. I don't know. It's uh but yeah, that that scene uh is really really affecting where he's like he's like have i sinned or or was i justified in what i was doing and he's like yeah and then like what you said like did those people feel the way that i felt and like what you're saying and he's like no it was worse yeah. and he's like i don't see how that's possible or something like that <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't say it exactly like that but i think he's saying like he can't he can't like picture it or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you do have to have a certain degree of no empathy to carry out the things that he did. So it's like, yeah, oh, it's, it's not surprising it's just, that like this, like doing a uh, like a, a shitty Godfather routine is what it took to get mm-hmm. you to like understand this. Yeah, and and that's what, like knowing that that's where it's kind of going. Like it's like after two and a half hours of just like unrelenting like pride and. Yeah. boastfulness about this horrible shit. It's like, oh, thank fucking God. And then, like, yeah, having seen the movie before and knowing that, like, you you definitely see here and there leading up to that. There, There's multiple, multiple moments that you see that kind of crack with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Herman, I'm not 100% clear if Herman... If, I don't think Herman is, like, like, old enough to take young. part. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's like, just part of the the paramilitary group. So he's yeah, because I mean they're still active. So I think he's he's probably just attached himself to this guy because yeah, he's like yeah, this guy rocks, or he just wants to make a movie or something like yeah. that. I don't know. <laughs> Can we talk about Herman running for parliament and watching and- the Barack Obama? <laughs> 
like campaign speech. I I had to pause it when it's like him in the car with the megaphone campaigning, and he's wearing a Transformers shirt. Oh, was he? Is that it's, what that was? It's it was like what's the good? What are the good Transformers? It the wasn't. Autobots. He, yeah, I think it was like the Autobots logo, like on his <laughs> okay, shirt. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I didn't like, notice that. I, I had to pause it because I was like, it was like the only thing that I noticed. <laughs> Holy shit, that's awesome. Because like there were, I was looking for like some of that weird, like Americanized shit. Because you do see like a McDonald's and like an establishing shot, and I think when they're walking around <laughs> oh, in that yeah. little market, when he's like threatening the Chinese people for money, you see like a SpongeBob. Like uh, yeah, like a fanny pack or something like that. Mm-hmm. But or like, there's the guy who has all the like, like autograph, like celebrity <laughs> shit, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, there's definitely some. And I was kind of like thinking, like you know, the anti-communism stuff. I was like, yay, Westernization, you know? <laughs> yay. Oh, <laughs> uh, one of my um, notes was Ron Howard voice. Herman was not elected to Parliament. <laughs> I sent you that picture because that that was probably the biggest laugh. It's like showing him doing this campaign shit, and then he's just like laying shirtless, and the text pops up and says Herman was not elected to Parliament. I was like, "Damn, Josh, that's hard. That yeah. is so cold <laughs> to do him dirty like that." <laughs> yeah, the influence of the Godfather. I, I I don't know if you have much to say about this, but like. The Godfather really did a number on these people. Like just with how they kind of do their business or whatever. Because I think of like all of like the mafia stuff that's out, I would say like Goodfellas or The Sopranos is a much more accurate depiction of like crime mafia shit rather than The Godfather. Because I'm the guy who wrote The Godfather, and I might be butchering this, but I'm pretty sure before that book slash movie came out, the the mafia was they were morons, they were idiots, mm-hmm. they didn't know how to run shit. And then that movie came out, <laughs> and it gave them like this weird sense of legitimacy, like they thought, like oh no, people think we're cool, like they started adopting shit from The Godfather like into their like mafia activities because like they felt like Mm. it gave them like legitimacy and it's like these guys are so it's 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 astounding that they still have power because they're so dumb they're so stupid but it's like yeah the 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 influence of like the godfather i was just like these morons these idiots yeah yeah it's just it's i don't know it's they're the guys who have the guns and yeah they can indoctrinate people because they like make them watch that anti-communist movie <laughs> from like a young age um was like i was like yeah i'm glad that america doesn't indoctrinate our youth in any way <laughs> yeah yep 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 i mean it's it's uh it's it's a it's a rote point to make but like it's I, I couldn't help but notice that they basically are doing everything that they accuse the communists of doing. Like the communists yeah. steal your land and they steal your money. And it's like meanwhile, it's like juxtaposed with this guy walking through his little mansion of like rare crystal dolphins and like a billy bo- a billy like big mouth bass <laughs> that he loves. And it's yeah. like you but I think that was like the most affecting moment of the movie was like 
th- it's like him talking about all of it. it's like oh this is this is a rare one i spend a lot of money on this one oh this one's nice this one's also rare and it's like yeah we really you know we he's like i hate like we won't allow them to protest or like dissent we'll break it up it's like they can't be too powerful and then it just smash cuts to like the ghetto and there's a little kid sitting in the middle of the road in the dirt yeah yeah there's and, a there's a handful of those and it's it just it hits you like a ton of bricks yeah i was i was thinking that too like with how like lavish some of those are it's like it's it, it you you increase the divide that we have here you know a certain amount of degrees more and you know you've got that i mean you yeah. even have you have that juxtaposition in some like major cities in america yeah like microcosms but so um i mean of course well i i almost said like people aren't like openly like waving guns around in public but i mean that's not even necessarily not true here but (laughs) it's not i'll say it's it's not quite as they're not they're not they're not openly admitting that they're gangsters here and criminals here but (laughs) sorry sorry gangsters do you mean free men they're free oh, men. Oh yeah, right. I yes, don't... free men. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is a sort of similar idea, where it's like these these dumb guys, these like three percenters and like like the proud boys and all that shit. It's like, do you know who you're like who you're like caping for? <laughs> do you understand that like if it were up to like the Republican Party? Like, you could get fired at will and you would make pennies on the dollar. Like, they don't give yeah. a shit about you. And, like, you're fighting for, like, this idealized version of a country that, like, hasn't existed for, like, 50 years. Yeah. I don't... It, it's... Yeah. The, this is, like, a good... Like, this is, like, a textbook example of just, like... Of, a, like, successful... Like, what a successful coup into like a fascist state looks like. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I saw, I think I was reading like a Wikipedia article and it led me to like an article that's like the banality of evil. And it's like, mm-hmm. life kind of moves on in Indonesia. Like this, it's like this print, like there's like shops, people live there, you know, there's like people driving cars and like mm-hmm. shopping. There's like, there's like malls and shit, but it's just like this presence that's constantly like looming around the corner of this paramilitary group that can kill yeah. you with impunity. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. I, this movie no, has could. me like manic. I just, I, I <laughs> it's, it's like, it's the same feeling I had with emperor's naked army, but like negative because none of these people are redeeming and they're all vile people that should be dead. And I know some of them are Congo's dead. I know that. Yeah. Congo's dead at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a real Sydney Poitier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the side profile though. Yeah. I was like when he said Sydney Poitier, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's like, yeah, to see it, sure, sure. <laughs> um Yeah, I had settled at the end of the movie that I think the cuz there's the it opens and closes and also like one or two other times it goes back to it, the like women dancing around like the giant fish. I deduced that that was just a, it was all just a callback to the big mouth Billy Bass scene in the, in the guy's house. That's, that's my, yeah. that's my theory for that. 
the other thing that uh, I think the last thing you see of Adi though, and I think this might be the most infuriating like thing was the juxtaposition. So it was him and I think it was his family just like walking around a mall. Oh yeah. Like it, it yeah. could be a mall anywhere. Like, you know, malls like just kind of have that look where it's like, that could be, you know, the mall of America. Possibly in Michigan. Possibly. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but it literally starts, it says like footage of him walking around in the mall. And the first thing he says is, yeah, we shoved a wooden stick up his anus till he died. And it's Adi talking about all of these methods of killing people and torture. And he's like walking around getting an Annie Ann's pretzel with his family in the mall. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it is, it's heartbreaking how frustrating it is to know that they just, they walk around openly and they don't care. Like they don't care who knows. It's it it. There are a few moments like that because, like, I think for the most yeah. part, like Joshua Oppenheimer kind of leaves it like fly on the wall for the most part. Like he kind of lets them mm-hmm. do their thing, but like in the edit, there's a few like choice edits where it's like you you kind of know how he feels about these people. He couldn't explicitly say it, but he can he can show it in the editing room. You know. Hmm. Yeah. I wanted to read the, uh, there's a little blurb on the Wikipedia about, like, some of their, I think it's mostly Herman and Anwar's, like, reaction to seeing it. He said, uh, Oppenheimer said that Anwar, after watching it, started to cry. Tearfully, he told me, this is the film I expected. It's an honest film, a true film. He said he was profoundly moved and will always remain loyal to it. Oppenheimer went on to say that in the call with Congo, he also came down came down on himself saying there is nothing left for me to do in life but die uh oppenheimer seeing congo so moved and almost ashamed for what he had done said this to him you're only 70 years old anwar you might live another 25 years whatever good you do in those years is not undermined by the awful things in your past um he he said he felt it may have been cliche but he felt it was honest and all he could manage to say to congo uh, but apparently there's, you know, of course, most people like involved with the Indonesian government or paramilitary over there are not fans. Um, no, can't imagine it, why <laughs> in part. So it's kind of weird how the, the, the credits. So this is directed by John or John, uh, Joshua Oppenheimer and then also co-directed, but they're like separate. So I, I don't know like what the what the def why there's a difference but then it says co-directed by christine sin and anonymous and the anonymous person is an indonesian who is anonymous because if they knew that he who he was he would probably most likely did be you did, how killed. did you watch all the credits <laughs> yeah there's like a lot of anonymous 49 i think the wikipedia article 49. Said. It was like 49 credits to anonymous damn that and like, I, yeah <sighs> And I'm pretty sure the 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 main subject of the look of silence is also anonymous, and like I don't think you ever really see their face or anything in it. Um, yeah. For the yeah for the same same reasons. Um, yeah, because it's still. I mean, they're not doing mass killings, but it's still kind of, you know, it's it's still a present thing there for the, them. The vice pre- like the vice president of the country, like openly went to like a rally. Mm-hmm. 
then was just like, yeah, we need people because if he's like, if everyone worked for the government, it would all be bureaucracy. Nothing would get done. So we have to rely on people outside of the government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but like the thinnest of of uh, of veneers there or whatever. The the other thing I wrote this in like capital letters was like the shit near the end, like the uh, weird song that they're born free that they're doing. <laughs> And you see these two guys pretending to be communists. And they're oh like, thank you for God. executing us and sending <laughs> us to heaven. Yeah. And I was like, man, they're really trying to make me stop this movie in like the last 10 minutes. Because I was <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I wonder if that was. Yeah, that that seems like maybe an earlier thing that they just presented later. Cause I'm like, I feel like late, late movie Congo would maybe take that back. I don't know. He well, definitely his hair had, like, color his did change downs. a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, I think to like make him look younger. Mm-hmm. What yeah, was, if he was playing himself or whatever. What was the shit with him in the bed? It cut like, to it. Just, like laying down. It cut to it a few times. Was it supposed to make him look contemplative? Because I feel you mean like where he's just kind of like laying in his bedroom or whatever. Yeah, at one point he's got like these little like look like little chicks, oh, little ducks, and it's like bouncing on his chest. Every time I saw an animal on screen, I was terrified. I I was at first every single time, but then time. after after a few times, I was like I was like oh these guys can't be that bad. They all like love animals. So there's like the duckling that had the broken leg, and I was like I swear to God, if like, I know I was I, I was really worried, but not, but. You know, they hate people, but they were really not, you know. Yeah, he, apologize it, it, to the duckling. Make the duckling feel better and it's know like that you. Ca- <laughs> but not communist. <laughs> oh. But it, I was like, yeah, that was, that was, those were like moments where I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Because I was like the same thing. Because it had been a while since I'd seen it, so I don't, you know, didn't remember yeah. a lot of the specific things. And I was like, oh, fuck, does he fucking kill that or what? But then, no, or, he's just like, apologize to it and, you know, give it a pet. And I was like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and then, and then, like the cow, I was like, I was waiting for the cow to get lit up in like the bil- the village burning scene, yeah. which was like horrific. Yeah, just like even because it's like in the back of my mind, the people that they probably got to pretend to be like communists from then are probably the descendants of the actual communists who got killed. Yep. So they're basically being forced to like re-traumatize themselves by like living out the deaths that their family members had to go through in the 60s. Yeah. It's insane. <sighs> it is insane that like they made them do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I I had the I had the same thought especially during that the village the village burning scene. Yeah. Um, like yeah it's like and they, they they linger on it like they linger on everybody like they show everybody like laying face down in the grass like dead mm-hmm. and then it's like you see the fire and then it's like it, it holds on it and then it's like cut 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 and everyone kind of starts stirring and getting up mm-hmm. and you're yeah whiplash just so much whiplash there's a <laughs> part i just thought of is like like that sort of comedic just to juxtaposition is there uh they do they do this a couple times in the movie where they'll 
they'll show the subjects like watching something that you just watched, like yeah. watching a scene that you watched in the documentary or as a part of their movie. And there's, I think, I think it's the first one that he does and he's, he's watching, it's Anwar watching the first time he's on the roof and he demonstrates like choking the guy with the wire and his, he's like watching it and he's like, <laughs> I never would have worn white pants. It looks like I'm going to a picnic. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's your issue with, with that it's scene. Costuming. That's the they go they're like so bought into like the Hollywood filmmaker brain. They're so just like deep in that. <laughs> yeah, like, there's Damn. there's gotta be like a operation paperclip for Indonesian guys that like they all get roles in like Hollywood as producers. They're yeah. like, Damn, you guys committed atrocities, but you you're sharp. You get it. Yeah. You understand. You know. You know how to trim the fat off of production. It that guy telling his story. You like. You knew exactly how to handle him. Yeah. They. D- it definitely feels like they were like trying to get their their roles because there's like a few people like that. I think it's maybe that same guy who was like laughing, telling the story about his his stepdad or whatever. He, they're doing a scene where they like kill him. I think it's the same guy and he's like crying and he has like snot dripping out of his nose. I'm like, damn, these guys are giving like 110% with this, like all these roles. They're, they're fully Herman. invested. Herman yeah. was like kind of a good actor in some of those scenes. <laughs> I thought, I thought, yeah, they were. I was kinda. like, I was like, damn, you kind of got to hand it to him. He wasn't ta- like, I mean, obviously they can probably pull from real life experiences for this shit, but like, yeah. Yeah, Herman was like pretty good in some of those scenes. Yeah, is that a, is that like they just tap into like their repressed emotions about all the things that they did, and then like as yeah. soon as the scene's over, they're like, "Yeah, it doesn't bother me though." I don't they come, care. They, uh, uh, they come out of a fugue. Yeah, just like yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let me know if you also thought of this when they filmed uh, Anwar's nightmare sequence. God. Uh, my note was Indonesian Vince Noir. Oh, wow. <laughs> the guy who was like, I like, <laughs> I could see that being a mighty Boosh character. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn, the spirit of jazz is coming to haunt Anwar Congo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, that was so fucked. That was so freaky. <laughs> His teeth were like, okay, you know, you know what? I don't know if Indonesia is like a third world country or what. Like probably a lot of like dentistry isn't probably offered to Was a lot of people. Was it not prosthetic? I couldn't tell. Oh, okay. I could not tell. I thought it was a prosthetic. It might not I, <laughs> speaking of teeth, I thought it was funny. Every time like they went to film a scene, Anwar was like, I better get ready. And he grabbed. Oh, Hobbs. No. What was that oh, shit with the thing? I thought you were going to say the, the pliers. Oh, what was he doing? God. Was he just have the, a dead tooth? He just picking at it yeah i don't know i that was like that was oh my god that was like making me cringe so hard i he was like (laughs) not reacting either he was just like because it probably is dead because he does that all the time he's like yeah uh, uh, uh." (laughs) Uh, oh yeah um yeah, no, I thought you were going to say Phantasm. That was where my head went at first. Oh, with the brief yeah, Phantasm. a little bit. He's like laying in the bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's just like, that's how they do 
like spirits over there. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <sighs> I think the most frustrating thing is that like there are so many parts of this movie where it seems like they're so close to getting it. They're so close to understanding like how they come off and like the terrible shit that they've done. Uh-huh. Like, you know, before the village burning scene, like for the for the for the movie, they like get all whipped up into a frenzy. They're like yelling like, "Yeah, kill, 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 kill the communists." And then and then as soon as it stops, that one dude was like but also, you know, that's not really how we roll. Like, we don't... Yeah. That's not how we do things, though. Like, he's trying to, like, maintain this illusion of legitimacy. Like, we're not just... We're not just it's for screaming the movie. savages. We're just doing this for the movie. Yeah. But it's like... But that's that's how you want your perception to be. Yeah. Because he, he's, he's like, yeah, I want you to know that, like, we don't usually get that worked up. We're more, we're more uh, controlled than that. Yeah. But... He's like, but don't erase the footage because I want people to see that we can get like that. And I'm like, so what the fuck are you saying, dude? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, they want their cake. To, like, they want their cake and to eat it too. Yeah. But it's just like so many times where they almost come to like self-actualization and realize yeah. it. And then it just kind of cuts away and it's like time to film another fake strangling in the mm-hmm. in the jungle Time to eat some rotten raw meat. Oh, that was gross too. <laughs> he's like, that's his Tom Pearl moment because <laughs> Herman's like eating it and then he's like, Ugh, like right in Anwar's face. And then I feel like right after that, there's another scene where someone's like, you know, I don't, I feel like we give this perception that we're crazy and we drink blood. Like we just want to fight and kill and drink blood. I was like, hey, maybe. Don't film propaganda movies where you're like saying I'm eating your penis and rubbing it on the decapitated person's head as you're like licking the blood off of a liver and his penis. Like if you don't want the impression that you're drinking blood, there's a few things you can do to prevent that. Or like or like calling the place where you kill people the office of blood. Kind of in the name, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm spent on my notes. I'm spent. Yeah. What else you got? I don't know. I honestly like we. we, I think we we had our time, so I'm good with going on. I I feel like to me, I could talk about like every scene in this movie. Pretty much. It's crazy. Like we gotta do. We gotta do like a duds commentary track where like we watch it and comment in real time. And we're just like, oh hell no! Like, <laughs> Damn, and then Herman, when it gets to Herman the looks kind of good. Yeah, <laughs> and then when it gets to the audience scene, we're like, oh fuck, he's spitting though. Like, <laughs> 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 so yeah, I guess I'm I'm good with going to, uh, to, okay. to scores, but I I I know this is gonna be one where I'm gonna be like, oh man, I forgot about that thing. But, but yeah. yeah, we should we should we should go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember who went first last time. Was it you? It. Yeah, I did. So it's your okay. Turn. Oh, it, the this these types of movies are hard to rate because the subject matter is obviously like just the, the, some of the it's some of the cruelest and most awful shit that humanity has to offer. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 also just like a distillation of that, like a very a very frank and honest conversation about 
about it that I feel like is very rare that you don't see. Like, you know, the anti-Emperor's yeah. Naked Army point is like, this is the Emperor's Naked Army. All of those dudes were so hesitant to talk and they were so ashamed of what they did that it took a geriatric man rolling around on the floor to try to get them to like admit to anything. And then you have this movie, which serves as like a document of people just admitting to like the worst atrocities that humans have ever inflicted upon each other. So, well, I mean, with all that being said, I feel like I'm at an eight. I'm at an eight. I, I would have rated it higher, but there's like a few things that, you know, maybe in the four hour long cut, they could have gotten to, but, and I understand that this movie is mostly about Anwar and Herman and like Mm -hmm. these, this paramilitary group that's still active there. But I, I feel like, and maybe this happens in like the follow-up movie. I feel like we don't really get a lot of perspective of the people that are directly affected by all of this. I feel yeah, like we don't def- really definitely watch the look of silence then. Cause like the few moments that kind of took, cause like it's not, it's not haha funny, but it's like, this is the <laughs> no. craziest shit I've ever seen. And it's about to be even, it's going to be trumped by something even crazier in two minutes type of like funny where you're just like, I can't believe any of this, but mm. the most affecting parts were where it cut to like the everyday real life for these people who were affected by this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I could, I could use like another two hours of just like other people who like have to live with this shit. And then the other, it's like basically I docked it for two points below a 10. And the other one that I docked it for was, I feel like they didn't talk about like the, like the cold war aspect of it, like killing communism. Mm. And like, it's alluded to that, uh, you know, the CIA and America were like super into funding a lot of these guys and training them and sending them weapons because it's the cold war and we need to stop communism, baby. And I'm pretty sure, you know, like, like based comrade Adi said, (laughs) you know, we probably had a hand in this. Like we absolutely had a hand in this. So it's like, if Adi has to go to the Geneva conventions, so do we. So does George Bush. And like if they had gone down that thread, I think it would have been interesting. You know, should have made a trilogy of documentaries all about this. Anyway, yeah. <sighs> I'm taking a breath. Eight. <laughs> okay. Take it away. Yeah. But, uh, then based on everything you said, I, I would recommend. I'm, I If you got like anything out of this movie, I would recommend the companion piece. But yeah, definitely based on what you said. Yeah, you should you should check it out because I think maybe that would give you a bit more of that other side that you're you're kind of you're looking for or whatever. I went with a nine point five. I'm super super close to a ten. Um, Damn. Okay. Okay. I and it's because like I said, like I thought every scene was engaging. I was into it. I love the journey of just seeing like i said it's it's super cathartic to see like anwar's somewhat you know real uh uh like regret like the those those scenes where he's like you know the whole thing of like oh did i do this to people blah 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 have i sinned um, have i sinned that's a hard uh, like 
Here, I'll I'll pull I'll pull I'll pull it up. I I have the I have the the quote page up. So he says, "Did the people I tortured feel the way I do here? I can feel what the people I tortured felt because here my dignity has been destroyed." And then fear comes right there and then. All the terror suddenly possessed my body. It surrounded me and possessed me. And then Josh says, actually, the people you tortured felt far worse because you knew it's only a film. They knew they were being killed. And Anwar says, but I can feel it, Josh. Really, I feel it. Or have I sinned? I did this to so many people, Josh. Is it all coming back to me? I really hope it won't. I don't want it to, Josh. It, and like I said, it, it's a weird mixture of... of feelings that the that the this you know the final uh act or or what have you it's it's not like a super uh you know one two three act structured movie but yeah uh yeah um i think i'm just i'm super into it i could i could take i was getting towards the end of this and i was like man i could keep watching this at this point it's like it's it's incredibly entertaining for like on a bunch of different emotional levels um fascinating subject horrifying subject but that you know it's got that that weird sweet spot of like horrific and somehow like there's the funny bits the emotional bits it just it kind of hits everything it just it's just, it's one of those that's just off the mark of being a 10. It's kind of like how Dagan said, like, um, <clears throat> I think he said that, like, with Amadeus, he gave that one, like, a 9.5, I think. And he said, yeah. just like, I, ju- I just don't fuck with it on that level. <laughs> and that's kind of what this is for me. It's like, it's just off of a, off of a 10 for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Good, <sighs> good stuff. Uh Apparently, um, I'm trying to find this on the thing. I, I guess I don't know where it is. I thought it was on the Wikipedia. But apparently, because it won, like, the, uh, I think it won BAFTA for, like, Best Documentary. And, like, in his acceptance speech, Joshua Oppenheimer was, like, he, like, said America and the UK should, like, uh, yes, I did read admit, that. admit to their part in the... Yeah, like, in what happened, and then I guess that part of his acceptance speech was like omitted from the broadcast or whatever. Yeah, that's definitely something that innocent people do. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that gives me a little bit of comfort that <clears throat> that I think Joshua knew he knew that like it, you know they weren't just buying these weapons from anybody, like the. It's it's definitely you know they were being funded, yeah, and you know, being trained. Who's funding it? Never gets old. Yeah. Um. Speaking of never getting old, here's the ad break. Boom. Are we? I thought we were gonna. Are, what? What? Oh. Are we back? Uh, I, yeah, I'm thinking we're back. Oh, okay. So well, I didn't do anything this week except watch <laughs> the act of killing five times. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, watch it once a day. Yeah. Like Howard Hughes style in your room naked <laughs> yeah. on an armchair. The glow yeah. of the TV, the only light source. Um, with my with my little duckies on my chest. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Eating raw meat. <laughs> oh. uh, well, well, viewers and and listeners, it's we're as at the time of this recording we're still in the Christmas season, so Basically sorry Christmas that it's... Eve. Yeah. 
Sorry that it's January and we're still talking about Christmas stuff, but uh, since you you didn't really have anything this week, we watched a couple Christmas properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we literally just got done watching the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen vehicle from the nineties, which. Yeah, I you know I get why people might not like it now, but I have those '90s kid nostalgia glasses, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's a fun movie. Yeah. I forget how how long of a buildup it is. Mm. Like at one point in time, we paused it, and it's like there's only like 30 minutes left, and I was like, "Holy shit! How are we?" Like how are we this long? How are we this long into the movie? I don't know. It's like hmm. the shit with him like knocking Santa off. I guess maybe when when you're like a kid, like time moves differently, and you think that like certain things, you're like, oh yeah, no, that one scene's coming up right, and then it's like thirty seconds. It's a thirty second <laughs> scene and it's done. Yeah. But like as a little kid, it's like so memorable that you're like waiting for this scene to happen. But it kind it, it kind of felt like that where it's like it's a tight ninety. So like. I mean, it's very well paced, it just, but it just flew right by, you know. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I was gonna say. Is I think uh, every time I watch that movie, because we probably watch that one every December. Like we yeah. watched it earlier this week or last week or something. I saw your letterbox review, and I liked the the framing device of like an H.P. Lovecraft like story. Yeah, of, like, the loss of identity. <laughs> yeah, it, like when you think about it in that context, it is kind of like terrifying because it's not like, he, <laughs> like it's a not parasite like a, taking over a host that's what it's like it's not like he's <laughs> like i learned to be a better dad and a better person because like yeah he is a he is kind of a, a workaholic dad but he is like a good dad to his son he's just yeah can't always be there i guess but it's not like most of these movies where like you know the the dad like winning back his family where he's kind of like shitty and neglectful yeah. it's just like he's just kind of ne- neglectful um but yeah it's like the whole time he's like resisting it. he's like i don't want to they're like well you have to and he's like but i don't want to i have a life and everything and they're like well too bad now you're yeah. fat and you have a beard and you can't do anything about it yeah also maybe maybe i missed it isn't there a scene where he takes a magnifying glass and like they read the little details of the card that's like the binding contract is that yeah. in second one no it's in that one they so they do they repeat that gag so in this one it's like the thing that he pulls out and then it's like there's a board it just looks like a border around the name Maybe but then you do the magnifying attention. glass and they do that and then in the second movie they like take the card out again and then they do like a double magnifying glass and it's even smaller print oh Maybe I just wasn't paying attention or like I was on my phone or something, but like, I don't remember that scene. I don't, I don't know if it got cut or what, but I, I, yeah. I, I don't remember it happening tonight. It was really weird. I'm, I'm having like a weird, like Mandela effect kind of response to this movie, I guess. Mm. But it does fall into the, uh, like divorced dad canon. Yeah. Where it's like, I guess the only other movie I can think of was like liar, liar, where it's just like the, the the cardinal sin of the stepdad is that he's kind of lame and that's yeah. it yeah like uh like judge reinhold carrie elwes 
they're like they're like totally decent guys that are like down to earth but they don't Mrs. Doubtfire there's another one Family oh Man. yeah it's Pierce Brosnan yeah <laughs> but you know in in Liar Liar like but he doesn't do the claw so it's like he's yeah. gotta go yeah exactly <laughs> And some of them, I want to say, maybe it's this one. No. Is it Mrs. Doubtfire? I feel like I watched one of these recently where I was like, oh, no, the, the stepdad's like a really good guy and they shouldn't like. <laughs> yeah. He is like, it makes sense that he's like the dad now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I definitely liar, liar. I think Carrie Elwes' character is basically like, there's he's totally supportive and understanding and is like, all around a good guy but he's just yeah. not funny like jim carrey is yeah so yeah. off with his head um and then earlier today we we made some chicken noodle soup with with the with star pasta so uh, we we're feeling like little kids today mm-hmm. like the little <laughs> tiny star guys because it's like you know blizzard conditions here in old michigan mm-hmm and Chloe's like, let's just watch an episode of Bob's Burgers. And I, I, do you watch that show? No. Have you? No? Okay. Like, maybe an episode or two. I don't it's know. It's pretty funny. I, I like it. It's A lot of the early yeah. seasons are, like, really good. It's it's pretty consistently funny. Yeah. But you know the basic premise, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We So we watched, like, because I think episodes are still coming out so Mm -hmm. like on hulu one will drop a week but their christmas episode came out um this this i think last week and we and we watched it today and like out of nowhere that this this christmas episode got like sentimental in a way that i wasn't expecting the show to go Mm -hmm. In, in in a good way i don't mean that like in a bad way like Mm-hmm. Chloe and I are both just sitting there like <laughs> it was like this because <laughs> like the premise of the episode is like all three kids have some sort of like Christmas pageant type thing going on and it was like Gene has to do his like xylophone concert mm-hmm. uh, Tina is like part of a, a play and then Louise like the, the kind of the bratty middle child who's very sarcastic and sardonic. Oh, I thought she Voice. was the youngest one. But that's thought, Kristen Shaw's character, right? With yeah, the rabbit ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, she reveals that um, a poem of hers got selected for like a library reading. And she kind of tells them that she only wrote the poem, like she wrote a poem about, that includes the word poop in it because she wants it to be on public record that she read a poem about poop at the library. Uh-huh. It's like she kind of, gu- she guises it as this like very sarcastic, very Louise type thing. Mm-hmm. And so the parents have this existential crisis about which pageant they're going to go to. Oh my God, you go to this one, you film it so we can watch it later. I'll go to this one. And they don't even realize that Louise's poem has been selected. And then it's just, it, it, it all three moments kind of, converge in a way where it's Mm -hmm. like i don't want to give like the full episode synopsis but basically gene's music teacher has like an appendectomy so a substitute has to come in and she doesn't know anything about music 
And so she's like trying to get these xylophone kids to figure it out and she doesn't know anything and it's like kind of going terribly. And so they they make it they make it more simple and like they remove a few like of the marimba blocks from the xylophones. Mm-hmm. So they only have like four or five notes to choose from. So and they're very like harmonic notes or something like that. So they start playing and it's like this the this marimba thing and like the strings, you know, string arrangement hits. And then it turns out Louise had actually, she, she, it was like a MacGuffin where she told her family that she wrote a poem that was like, who picks up the reindeer poop? And then it turns out she actually wrote like a real poem about how much she loves her family and her parents. Oh. (laughs) But it's like all three of the storylines converge and the music is playing and like, you know, Tina ends up making it to the poetry reading and hears it. And it's like, it was just this like moment in the show that just, it hit me in a weird way. Mm. So it was good. The Bob's Burgers seasonal episodes are pretty good. Like yep. we watch like the Thanksgiving ones, you know, in November, there's some really good Thanksgiving ones, but like the Christmas episode this year was pretty damn good. And mm. Filled my belly with Christmas cheer, <laughs> and then I watched The Act of Killing. I had a I had a trauma sandwich tonight. We watched the Bob's Burgers thing. I watched The Act of Killing, and then we watched the Santa Claus. Like I just had a, a uh, palate cleanse, you know. It's also just weird because, like, I yeah, I I of course have those nostalgia glasses for that too. But it's like it's just the H.P. Lovecraft thing is just how he doesn't like. It doesn't feel like he wants to be Santa Claus. It's just forced on him. <laughs> and a much he starts getting <laughs> memories implanted into his yeah. mind. <laughs> and a much you know, it's not like like Ernest it's Christmas. Like Joe Carruthers, he's like he's kinda like selected by Two Santa similar movies. Because he he has like the tendencies and he like gets him you know, it's kinda like it is kind of like, well, yeah, if you don't accept it, Christmas dies, but it's still like a yeah. thing that he chooses to do. And then like an even better is uh, like kind of origin story is, is Klaus. And that's where I was. That's why I was bringing this up again. It's because I want to get around to that. Yeah. Because um, you saw that too. Um, and that. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that movie. That, yeah. that uh, up with... Muppet Christmas Carol and Die Hard, if you count that, you know, those that's those are my top three Christmas movies. Easy. I think Klaus is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, another one that was just very, very <clears throat> affecting in a very, like, genuine way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, the, this, the way that it told the story and everything was just, yeah, it was... It, it was, yeah. It was, like, it was... It was, it was, a, it was crushing... But in the way that a big bear hug is crushing. Yeah. There's a, the, the moment I'll say when I first saw it and then like, uh, it still kind of gives me goosebumps the, the couple of like more times I've seen it. But the moment that like the, the movie is just full in on, on its sincerity. And that's, that's like kind of what's so great about it. Uh, and there's a moment where that, where it hit and I was like, I was like, this is, this movie special. Like I knew I was gonna love it. It's when they deliver their first toy, the like hopping frog, to the little boy, um, who has. I mean, like everybody's parents are grumpy and whatever, but he has like that really 
I think he like chases him off their lawn, off of his lawn with like yeah. a gun earlier. And then uh Klaus and uh Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Some some other Jesper. Jesper, that's right. Uh they're like looking through the window and there's like that that sweeping shot going through the room as the kids like chasing the the frog and the music swells yeah. and then it, it like settles on their faces watching through the window. That like that touches my soul. It's it's so good. And that movie's just full of those moments and it's just it's so just like it's so wholesome and great. And then like yeah. the Yeah, it's <laughs> uh the this the like times after that I've the that I've the my rewatches, I'm like I get right up to the ending and I'm like I'm like, oh maybe it's not gonna like it's not gonna make me cry this time. And then you get to that like the final line it it I'm just like no fuck I'm I'm done it's the it's like yeah. and then I get to see my friend again I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> yep yep yeah so like that uh, I mentioned that I think both years but it's ne- next year that or Die Hard is our is our Christmas movie I think ooh yeah no that's good you know something crazy about the Santa Claus also one more little factoid. The dude who directed it, I don't know his name. He has like a Tim Allen thing. Like a fetish. the guy that directed the Santa Claus also did thirty nine episodes of Home Improvement. Okay. He did Jungle to Jungle, uh, and he did like all of the episodes of Last Man Standing. Wow! <laughs> Damn. So. The this is yeah. Tim Allen is this man's muse. I was gonna say yeah. There's some like auteur directors who have you know like Scorsese uses like De Niro or DiCaprio yeah. a lot. This guy and is Tim Allen. <laughs> I think politically he also aligns with Tim Allen because he also did a shitload of episodes ah. of Roseanne. So and Roseanne and Last Man Standing. I was like, oh okay. I kind of feel I. You know what? I know where you stand on some issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. God, Jungle the Jungle. I haven't seen that movie probably since I was a little kid. Yeah. That's a JTT one, yeah? Mm, I no? don't think so. Maybe. I don't think so, though. Because I think I always think that, too, because it's... Uh, Sam Huntington. Sam Huntington, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. From, like, Detroit Rock City oh. and shit. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Martin Short. <laughs> what? I'm like, no, I, I, because yeah, I thought that before. I'm like, no, it's just because Tim Allen's in it. It's not, it's not JTT. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, are we ready for? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Ba-ba. Okay. It's different. <laughs> I watched this uh, one fairly recently, so. uh and I talked about it on the show, actually, so it'll be interesting. Uh, from 1962, directed by Herc Harvey, we'll be watching Carnival of Souls. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I talked about it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean it's 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 an easy it's an easy short watch, so I'm not I'm not too mad about that. I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. All right. Um. And I, I believe, I want to say I watched it on HBO. 
Okay. So we'll say it's on, well, it's on Pluto, at least. Pluto, Tubi, Amazon, Plex, HBO. Sweet. Yeah, it's on a bunch of stuff. Cool. Hell yeah. Uh, cool. So if you don't want to be spoiled for Carnival of Souls, if I didn't spoil it when I talked about it a handful of episodes back, <laughs> um, <laughs> Watch it before next episode. Uh, these come out every Wednesday at 7 p.m. EST on Twitch and YouTube in video form, as well as uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more in audio form. Uh, we also have uh, socials on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, asterisk. Um <laughs> No, he he reversed that. We can post on link. We can oh, post yeah, outside yeah. sources now. Okay, cool. It still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's that's about it. Oh, have fun with this. <laughs> well, I don't have to. I don't have to dig too deep for this. Um, I am your. <coughs> 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 Do you have some war crimes you need to admit? Uh, I'm your co-host, TJ, a.k.a. J-Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always. Um, uh, as always, um, I was not elected to parliament. Oh, damn. Uh, a.k.a. Uh, Nick, a.k.a. Dr. Funk on Twitch. Damn. That needs I to be the YouTube thumbnail is <laughs> big-ass belly on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I almost, I was thinking, I was double-thinking my sign-off. was like, is that too insensitive? And I'm like, no, fuck him. He's dead. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he lived way too, he died at like 82. He lived way too long in life. Yeah. Dusty-ass bitch. Cut. Okay, nice. bye. <laughs> <laughs>